Welcome to Motherhood Unstressed, a podcast for anyone who wants to let go of stress and anxiety and learn how to be more fully present in life. Each week, I'm speaking with experts in the fields of entrepreneurship, nutrition, mindset, sex, spirituality, and so much more. I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. I'm a writer, a speaker, and an entrepreneur. Through my own struggle to balance the demands of motherhood and life, I discovered that to truly be happy, we need to be present. Your journey to feeling less stressed and more blissfully present in your own life starts right now. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I am so glad that you're here. Today's show is going to be all about purpose and purposeful work. And sometimes I think we feel like we can't make a difference. We don't have the power or the bandwidth to make real change in the world. And after this episode, you're going to realize that that's simply not true. Um, I'm speaking with Maggie Doyne. She is a true change maker in the world. She is the founder of Blink Now. And basically when she was a teenager, she was in Nepal and saw a need for children. Um, And so she started a school and an orphanage and now a women's center. And she's just doing incredible, incredible work in the world. So I'm so excited to have her share her story and to allow you to see for yourself that you have the power to not only change your life, which is something we talk a lot about on the show, but to change the world for the better. So enjoy this episode, share it with a friend, share it on your Insta stories and tag me at Motherhood Unstressed. And of course, if you haven't already, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Thanks guys. This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD Supplements. As you know, these are the supplements that I created with the intention of helping you battle stress and anxiety in a natural way. And I truly believe that everything we need to heal and be well is already on this planet in the form of plant medicines. So this is totally in alignment with that. And I have exciting news. I just launched the affiliate program and basically you can join the team uh, if you have an audience and you want to share uh, our CBD with them and they use your unique code, you are in commissions. That's it. You don't have to buy any product. You don't have to push or you know be annoying in selling. You just share your experience on Instagram or your website, your blog. And if they use your code to purchase, you earn. That's it. Um, and we also have an amazing sales training program in place. My partner is the master of sales. He does big data sales in Silicon Valley. He's incredibly talented. And so you're going to be supported along the way. So if this is something that sounds interesting to you, intriguing, head on over to my website, motherhoodunstressed.com and fill out an application to be a part of the team and get the support you need to earn extra money and help people naturally deal with stress and anxiety. Well, hey, Maggie, thank you so much for being on the show. I can't wait to dive into your life story and and everything that you've accomplished and the amazing work that you're doing in the world. Um, So thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah. So diving right in, how did you end up, this young American girl across the world, um, starting a school, starting an orphanage, changing lives and creating such a positive ripple effect in the world. Take us through your origin story. Well, the origins of it all were definitely not planned. Um, it was very happenstance. There was definitely no moment of setting a pin on a map in Nepal and being like, I'm going to go there and help people. Um, but it, it was a sort of um, sequence of events starting with me waking up when I was 18 years old and 
everything in the community that I grew up in was about college, 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 and going to school and being successful and getting on the fast track. And I just had this moment at the end of high school, as I should have been going to college, that I started to question things. And I said, like, I don't really know anything about who it is or what I want to do with my life on the inside. And that led me to take a gap year, which led me to travel and, um, I ended up just really, um, long story short, meeting children. And it was in 2005, around the same time that the Civil War in Nepal was happening. And um, I actually, in the beginning of the journey, started by enrolling children into school. And that was how I felt like I could make a difference. So, yeah, I think... Um, you just never know where life's going to take you. <laughs> I mean, when this was all happening, when you were in Nepal, when you were just kind of there exploring, did you ever feel like there was something bigger, like speaking through you or speaking to you? Or how did you know that you were doing the right thing in that moment? I think, yeah, there were, there were definitely a series of moments. And, you know, one of those moments was locking eyes with a child on a dry riverbank. Her name was Hema. And I just saw our shared humanity and the fact that, you know, although we grew up in two very different times and places that we were so much the same. And things just like, I don't want to live in a world where kids have to break rocks instead of go to school. Um, and then I would say like meeting kids and hearing their journeys and feeling that interconnectedness but also feeling a sense of home in Nepal and like in my gut knowing that there was something to do there and and just like the right people coming into play my my co-founder Tope and his family decided to move back to Nepal you know during the war-torn era and finding the villagers it made it seem like it was going to happen <laughs> were you surprised when the school was constructed and the orphanage and everything was falling into place did it would as it was happening was it surprising to you there were moments where um you know you reflect and you look back um but you're also just in the grind and trying to hustle and we started with the home and then a few years later it was hard too you know mm -hmm. like yeah there were lots of barriers especially in those early years and you know, you're constantly worried and stressed, but also young and <laughs> working hard and in the trenches wanting to get to the next thing. So yeah, there were moments where you're kind of caught off guard and think like, oh my gosh, is this my life? And I was becoming a mother and yeah, it all just is became my life though, somehow. Like a lot of me has grown up in Nepal and that's where I did my coming of age and like you know, and that was my college experience in a way. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what, tell me about the conversation with your parents when you pretty much let them know, like, I'm probably not coming back or not, you know, I'm not coming back full time. Like, I'm going to be staying here doing this work. What was that like? What did they say? Yeah, I had to sell it to them for sure. <laughs> um, you know, like they were all on board for the gap year and traveling and especially initially it was with a group. And then there was a moment in a phone booth where I called them and asked for my $5,000 of babysitting money. Mm. And it was because I wanted to buy this initial piece of land where our children's home now resides. And 
that was a long, long conversation. And, you know, my mom was concerned about like, as a woman, having an education is important. And, you know, they were worried. Was there ever a moment when you're in the grind and you're hustling and you're doing all these things? Did you ever think of backing out? Oh yeah. Of quitting. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all though? Like I Mm -hmm. (laughs) looking back now, like it was such a huge commitment to make at such a young age. Um, you know, forcing myself in those hard moments to look for help and to look for other models and to learn um, was a really big asset and then and a big advantage because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we're going to need, you know, a lawyer to help with the, my bylaws for registering the nonprofit. We're going to need a social worker for this step. And I'm going to need the local government to partner with me and advise me on this. And I'm going to need a board of directors and I'm going to need someone to teach me how to do this and a curriculum. And if you're willing to kind of let people in to help you and learn, it helps you in those hard moments to like reach out and, in those early years, I think at 21, 22, 23, that was the time of just learning and figuring it out. And my co-founder is Nepali and amazing. And most of my team is Nepali. So that kind of helped through Mm -hmm. some of the cultural hard things or. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I can't, I still can't get over it. Like I'm thinking about myself at 21, 22, 23, and there is no way that, you know, this would even be in my zone of anything. I mean, it's just really remarkable that you did what you did. I mean, I mean, and anyone listening who feels like maybe they, you know, missed the boat or were partying too much or were distracted by other things. um, I think it really goes to show you that it's never too late, you know, and it's never too early. If, If something speaks to you, you can really chase after it. Um, so can you speak a little bit about that? Like what, for the, the listener who wants to find a, some sort of purpose, they, they feel like something is missing and they don't really know what. And I think that's why, you know, anxiety comes up, depression can come up when we're not really doing work that's fulfilling for us. Um, how can they find purposeful work and get involved in their community, you know, do good work and feel like they're contributing and doing something big in the world? watch for those moments of thinking like, oh, I'll do it eventually because eventually it becomes our life. And Mm -hmm. so just look for those little baby steps of where you can get involved, where you can get a difference. Listen, be quiet and still and in the moment enough to know when that calling comes because it could be the bees, it could be the ocean, it could be global warming, it could be foster care in the US, it could be, you know, there's, everyone has their something and just be open and listen and like we're only here for such a short time. Like we need to take care of our kids and each other and watch how we spend our days and our moments because it's just over in the blink of an eye, you know? And, and so I just tell people like, look and listen and get involved. And, and it comes back like for everything that I feel like I've given and sacrificed, it's come back to me in a million times, like Mm. a million ways. So it's not always the story of you being the giver or, you know, the one that's giving back. It's often like takes you on a journey that you don't always expect. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And I think that that's so true. I mean, you hear it again and again in music and in poems and everything else. And it's true. It's like the more you give, the more you get back and then some, and and in ways like you said that you would never expect. Um, So that's, yeah, I think that's really brilliant. You know, getting quiet. It's something I talk about all the time, like sitting still, meditating, seeing what comes through. I mean, oftentimes people don't even know, you know, what makes them happy or what even makes them tick. Um, So, yeah. 
So what, what's, what's been the most surprising thing in, in this journey of yours and, and everything that's come up? You said, you know, it comes back to you in surprising ways. What's, what's come up for you? I mean, just, I'd say your kid that's been struggling in school, struggling to make friends, you know, getting a good report card all of a sudden, or Friday night movies with popcorn and, you know, just like listening to music together on the roof. And I, I live for those moments with, with the kids and, and that's where the surprises are. And I think that's where the fulfillment is. And I think seeing that no matter the tragedy or, you know, the horrific things that, and the loss that these kids have been through, that they're willing to just heal and be nurtured and find each other. And um, yeah, the resilience is really surprising of how kids can heal and, and how a community can come together to create something so magical where a space where kids can be safe and educated and loved and I'm really constantly in awe of that Mm -hmm. it's such a great teacher for us you know for the listener you know tuning in like you can heal and you can be resilient I mean look at these little children who are doing it every single day yeah that there's hope there's hope for sure um and then you see that you know, all of, all of these amazing children and what they're able to do and accomplish and what they're able to do in the world. And you think, oh my gosh, I just want that for every single child on earth. And how do we, how do we do that? How do we keep children with their families so that these things don't happen? Because orphan care in the end of the day is, you know, we're dealing with the greater symptom. And how do we work with these orphan numbers and statistics? Because I think us not caring for our world's children has a direct implication and that is continued cycles of poverty and then violence. And, and so that's what I want. I want every child to be mothered and fathered and loved and cared for and educated. And I think that when we're able to do that, we'll find a peace and a prosperity that the world has never known. Like it's, that's what's exciting to me. Like we have the highest literacy rate among women that we've ever had in the world. And that's because of hardworking people and young girls getting enrolled into school and breaking stigma. And we just need to keep it up because we are making strides and there's so much good happening. And we just have to keep believing that it's possible and not doom and gloom that the world's done for and just watch out for that too, I would say. Even I need to remind myself every day, like, no, we can do this. Like, let's stay positive. We got it. Like one at a time. Um, So yeah, I think just keeping that belief and not throwing the towel in and just being like, all right, I can't control anything. So I'm just going to look after my two kids and, Mm -hmm. you know, build a wall up and protect my family and my life. I think we need to redefine what our family really means because, I think all children should be our family, you know? I just got so, I just got like such chills when you were talking. I mean, that's so powerful. And I feel that I feel the exact same way. And it seems like that's really what you want your legacy to be. I mean, is that, is that accurate? Oh, totally. I think my legacy, my, my organization's legacy, what I want more than anything is to inspire other people to be able to do this work and that we can take on these challenges and, to forget all of the BS out there and focus on what's important. Like if we just like think about all the distraction we have and all the things we've worked for, and yet we're not taking care of our kids, of children. Like 
So yeah, I think that's our message with Blink Now, and I think it's mine, and I want more people like me out doing this stuff and and more change makers within their communities. And that's the thing, when you educate kids, they're gonna do the rest of the work. They're gonna change their communities and their countries and their neighborhoods and their own families. So I think, yeah, that's the message, just one at a time. And I, yeah, I hope that that's our legacy and, and mine as well. Yeah, you're doing it. So what's, <laughs> what's the biggest takeaway you want the listener to walk away from from this talk? Um, I'm sure it's a lot of mothers and I just, I have this vision of being old and gray and on my rocking chair with a lot of my children surrounding me and just thinking about, you know, their history books and seeing that poverty and violence were a thing of the past. And I just invite everyone to share in that vision with me that this can all, what we're seeing reflect in the world today can go in history books and, but it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of work. (laughs) So let's do it together. Mm, I love it. So I do have some rapid fire questions for you if you're ready to end it out. (laughs) (laughs) It's not bad. Okay. The world needs. Love. I love it. I believe in. I believe in unexpected things just waiting for us around the corner. I like that. I'm grateful for. My baby Ruby, my husband, my family and children in Nepal, my team. And last one, what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? Never throw the towel in. Mm. (laughs) Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. There's joy even after sorrow. Yeah, there will be joy again. I love it. I love it. Um, So how can the listener find out more about you and Blink Now and, and, you know, get involved in what you're doing? Oh, we're on every kind of social media outlet. Blink Now um, on Instagram, Blink Now org. Blink now on Facebook. You can follow along on the journey in Nepal and our kids and you get to see the magic every single day. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your light. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing. You are changing the world for the better every single day. So thank you. Thank you. Hey guys, I hope you love this episode with Maggie Doyne. Um, If you feel like a friend could benefit from hearing it or be inspired by it, please share it with them. Um, share it on your Instagram stories and leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's really, at the end of the day, how the show is going to grow and touch more people and inspire more people and like Maggie's doing every single day, create a positive change in the world. Thanks, guys. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. This is the Finnish company bringing you medicinal mushrooms and they just released a skincare line. So now you can make your skin more beautiful and it's actually also edible. The serum and the mask is edible. So that just shows you how incredibly safe it is if you can eat it and how beneficial it is for your skin. Um, If you head on over to foursigmatic.com, you can use the code UNSTRESSED to save 15%.